Warning, what follows is a story or a battle about monsters, a madness, and mayhem. I am Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast like about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Season four is wrapped. Well, we're wrapping it up here. It is the end and a beginning. An alpha and an omega. Yeah. So if you're new to the show, uh, don't start here. Maybe re-listen to every episode that has come up before this and then listen to this one. Yeah, because just like in years past, we are going to cap the end of our season with making all the monsters we talked about battle each other. It's a very mature and adult thing to do. Yep. To make things fight that you discussed mm-hmm. as you tried to expand your own worlds and educate people um, on monsters maybe we may not have heard about and you may not have heard about. Um, you know, after all that exciting discussion happens, so just pit all the nouns together in a battle royal bracket style tournament. Yep. Where we decide. Who will come out on top? Season champion. The, the weird and feared spooky time champion. Battle the Royale champion of the world. Yes. Oh, yeah. So that's what we're about to do. Yep. We don't know where this discussion will lead us or who will come out on top. Right. And just like last year, we uh, are bringing in the locations as scenes for the battle. Correct. Because, again, we can talk about spooky things in this show, which can be nouns and monsters or, you know, nouns and places. Yeah. So how best to incorporate these places then make these things fight in said places? Yeah, so we got a few wild card brackets we need to finish out before we get into the main bulk of everything. We do, because again, the battle consists of a weird division and a fear division. And each bracket basically has 18 participants. And as you know, that's nine matchups, not totally even. So we got to do a little bit of maneuvering here to see who will carry on yep. to the final confrontations. Well, let's get into it. All right, so what do you think? You want to start with the uh, weird division? Yep. So going forward with the weird division and these little battles before the battles, still battles, all battles, it's all at war. Yeah. You want to tell everybody who we're starting with? Uh, we're going to start with the wild card for the weird division with the Ropin versus the White Bluff Screamer. All right. So the Ropin is, again, a pterodactyl that is basically a light being, or he emits a light. Um, his story has been used by um, people who believe who do not believe in evolutionary creationists to use him as an example of how... Evolution is not real. It's a huge part of his backstory. Good. And then the uh, White Bluff Screamer. Lived in the hills of Kentucky. 
He likes to scream. And he lives in the White Bluff. Um, he may, in fact, hang around a certain location that is in our location hat. That's where all the locations are. Um, you're about to draw a location. But I just wanted to bring people up to speed again on the White Bluff Screamer, who is a monster that lives in the woods, and he screams. Yep. So, that's pretty cool. Um, again, Terrified he, a family, I believe, for a while. He did. And again, he's connected to Werewolf Springs, which is a location we may draw from the hat, but that basically means people believe that like a circus train derailed and a bunch of beasts went and roamed in the woods, which that may be an origin of the White Bluff Screamer. So he may have similar abilities as a werewolf to incorporate into his backstory, just to kind of... So we've got maybe a wolf-like screaming monster versus a pterodactyl of light, which is a cool sentence to say. Yep. Okay. All right, and they are going to be doing battle in the hospital that the toxic woman of Riverside died in. Okay, so anyone in this hospital is in hell. People are becoming sick. People are falling ill. Um, a plague is ravaging the hospital, correct? Is that what happened? Like, it's just something is making people sick enough that they have to leave and they're like becoming very ill, yeah. All right, so I'm going to introduce a character just so people can relate. His name is Steve. He's okay. in the hospital. He has noticed the very sick woman got taken into a room. Um, he's noticed a lot of people coming out of the room that are sick. People in the hospital have all these ailments. There's like a panic going down. Did they lock the hospital down? I don't recall. Okay, well, let's say he's hearing discussions of like, this is crazy. We should lock the hospital down. Then all of a sudden, like, he's in a hallway and with two doors that are closed. One door busts open and there's a pterodactyl of light flying through. And then a um, god-awful scream comes from the other end of the hallway. And it breaks in and he sees like a hulking, perhaps wolf-like monster. Maybe. But it's... it's He's it's, not quite sure. It's so terrifying. It's ambiguous. But it's a giant creature thing with claws. Um, and it's just screaming profusely. And Steve is in the middle of this and he ducks into a corner. And then he's about to witness a battle between... A rope in, which doesn't have to necessarily be a very large pterodactyl. It's enough to fit in a hospital hallway. Let's at least say that. Okay. And uh, then the White Bluff Screamer. Again, never stop screaming. That's just what he's going to keep doing. Just screaming. Races in, and then he, imagine like, I want you to imagine like a Godzilla-Rodan battle in the hallway. But instead of Godzilla, it's an ambiguous screaming creature from the woods. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if they're both corporeal, claws, teeth, slashing and gnashing, I feel like the pterodactyl is going to have a hard time flying in here. I feel like his wings are going to be flapping around, hitting the walls. Shattering windows. Bouncing around, correct, yep. Perhaps next to Steve where he ducked aside, there's the room where, like, the babies are kept. And then, like, he smashes the window. That's just usually when I see a giant window in a hospital. You yeah. can look at the babies in the baby room. It's got a name, but I'm just going to call it the baby room. Sure. He's like, rah, and the screamer is like, rah, and then the kids are babies. They start screaming, rah, there's a lot of screaming in the hallway. Yeah. Mass chaos. A guy jumps out of the room where the toxic woman was, and she's just, like, puking. Yeah, people are fainting, puking. Yep. And Steve is, he looks into his, Steve's a cool guy, so he's like a flask in his pocket. So he pulls it out, goes to drink it to survive, like, because he can't deal with this battle sober. Okay. Much, much like us. Yeah. And um, it's empty. So then he starts screaming. So it's just mass screaming. Uh huh. I don't know if this affects the light pterodactyl in any way, but there's a lot of screaming going on. Yeah, lots of screaming. Chaos ensues. Perhaps Steve is even blinded by the light. It's like, I can't even fucking see. He reaches mm-hmm. in his pocket. He realizes he's forgot his sunglasses because he didn't expect to deal with a pterodactyl of light. So now he's cool, too, because he's put on shades in the hospital. Yeah, but he forgot them. 
Oh, so he's so he screams again. Exactly. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he's just screaming in terror. Okay. And the fact that he went into the hospital, and he, Steve actually realizes that he shouldn't even be in this hospital. He doesn't even know why he's Not here. Even supposed to be here. He just walk. He's just. I don't know why he's in this hospital. Is there a reason, or did he just like go into the wrong building? Sure, wrong do you, building. Do you think it was a bar? Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like, oh man, this isn't where my friends told me to meet. This maybe, is where Google. Maybe he was there to buy meth. Okay, so Steve's looking for some drugs. Because isn't that what it was thought that they were making in that hospital? Perfect. I like this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is perhaps why Steve was here. And he realized he should have listened to all of the advertisements and the memos. Don't do drugs. Yeah. Because you could bear witness to a enlightened pterodactyl versus a screaming monster in a hospital. Right. So that's the battle. And I'm talking because I don't know who wins. I don't know who wins. Because the pterodactyl cannot fly very hard, so very um, far. He has a hard time doing that. And then he's battling a creature who is used to being on the ground. That we don't really even know what looks like for sure. No. It just may, in fact... Wasn't the legend that, like, the man ran out into the woods? I'm saying this as if, like, we don't totally remember everything we've talked about over the past year. Um, imagine that world. And then, <laughs> and then, so like he runs out into the woods and then comes back and like his whole family is murdered, right? Wasn't that the legend? I think so. Something along those lines. So this thing is bloodthirsty. It's just likes to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, the rope in just kind of flies around and is like, I exist. I exist. And people, Fear me. And people are like, Damn right you exist. That's why the Earth was created in six days. And the yep. rope like, well, I don't know about that. No, that's what they said. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, that's cool. Yeah, I... Uh, I th- Go ahead. Yeah. Without elaborate, knowing much more about what these guys could do, inside the hospital, it's going to significantly hamper this... I mean, pterodactyls are huge. They can be, or they can be kind of tiny. But I don't know how big this thing is. And let's say ter- let's just say pterosaur, because dactyls are different than pteranodons. Sure. And then there's these other guys. All they- right. This pterosaur is huge. Yeah. Okay. Um, or is it? Let me look up. I'm going to see what Wikipedia says about... Good. I'm glad I went to type in Ropin. The Smithsonian Magazine has an article that says, Don't get strung along by the Ropin myth. Wow, what a bunch of buzz kills. We're already in, to, we're past that. Yeah, we, we've been strung along for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just, you know, I want to just know, just tell me how, what if I just type in how big is a rope in? Do you think it'll give me an accurate answer, Google? Do you think that'll happen? Yeah. How big is a rope in? Okay, okay. Um, I'm, I just clicked on the first thing I saw. Um which is cryptids.fandom article. I'm again, Ropin's from New Guinea. Oh, Basically, um, according to the book Searching for Ropin's, mm-hmm. seems like they know what they're talking about, right? Probably. Okay. It is, quote, any featherless creature that flies in the southwest Pacific and has a tail length more than 25% of its wingspan. Well, it doesn't give... Where do we start? Uh... Hold on. Okay, especially... Okay. Um... The Ropin is believed to be, yeah, he lives during the nighttime. He also lives during the daytime, but he comes out at the nighttime. I live in both times. <laughs> uh, he's bioluminescent. Um, he likes to eat fish, in case that helps in this battle. Um, but some so. reports say that he feasts on human flesh, oh. as you do. 
Um, and I don't know if it's going to help him in the hospital, but it says, especially from grave robbery. So does the rope and like take a quick dive into the morgue and power up and then come Maybe back that's out where he was when the white bluff screamer showed up. That could be. And he's like, fuck, I need, I had a battle. I have this d- desire to battle. Mm-hmm. We've never established in the continuity of these battles, why these creatures are fighting. There's just a force of nature thrusting them together. Yeah. It's called long-term storytelling is what that's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's reported to have a wingspan anywhere from 12. This isn't helpful. To 100. It's literally 100. For real? <laughs> That's what it says, 100. 12 uh, to 100 feet. So let's say it's one that closer to 12 feet. Yeah, because it needs to fit in the hospital. So like that's the guy we're dealing with, right? Yeah. If we were somewhere else, perhaps it would be a 100-foot rope, in which case I think the White Bluff Screamer would be annihilated because it could just pick him up and throw him, Yeah. and he'd be done. Yep. But he's stuck in a hospital. This so, thing can't fly well no. in where it's at then. So I'm it's gonna, struggling. Location has kind of boned this guy. Yeah, because I'm going to you know, push us toward perhaps our conclusion and say the White Bluff Screamer pinned, pins down the rope in because he's having trouble flying and maneuvering in a hospital hallway. Yeah, I mean, its main weapons are going to be its feet, claws, right, then, and its beak. Mm-hmm. So I, if it can't get off the ground, it's down to just beak, then it's going to struggle. Right. And then the white bluff screamer, whatever it is, it's vicious and screaming. Yeah. Which is disorienting to the roping. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say like their battle is like knocking out the lights. He's like smashing them. Mm-hmm. So I just want a battle where like there's no lights on and there's just a glowing pterodactyl battling a night screamer. I mean, it makes the most sense for uh, these creatures because we don't know what the white bluff screamer really looks like. We hypothesize it's a werewolf. Yes. But when the lights go out and you see the bioluminescent again, our pterosaur being shredded by some ambiguous wolf humanoid thing. This is what Steve is seeing. Yeah. He's like, damn it, I just wanted meth. It's like, I, it's like, I, I need, I'm fixing for some meth. That's the thing people say, right? I think so. All right, good. Um, so then imagine like, like predator blood. I don't know if it's blood is the luminescent, but just imagine like total darkness and a glowing beast. Then there's like shards, like glowing, like just like, you know, his, the pterodactyl's glow juice. Glow it's like, juice. It's like splattering along, along the hospital wall. And then perhaps it covers the white bluff screamer. So you get a vague shape of what it looks like, but it's still ambiguous. And it's just like dripping down his face. And I think we both were leading to the same point. I don't think the rope makes it. Correct. The Ropen is in trouble. The Ropen, I think, is done for. I think we're both on the same page. White Bluff Screamer advances. All right. Wins the the wild card spot for the first round. So the White Bluff Screamer wins. We're going to go on to the next wild card slot. Absolutely. And we're sticking with the weird division here again. Correct. We got the Dead Moreaus. Yes. Versus the Minerva Grassman. Dead Moreaus is often referred to as Russian Santa, but he is not quite Russian Santa because he's also been referred to as the Wizard of Winter. And because Christmas was outlawed in the Soviet Union, he was celebrated basically during like New Year's, but he still would like give gifts and stuff. But his legend kind of goes back to some old Slavic things. Then the Minerva Grassman is a um, 
Bigfoot creature from Ohio versus the Wizard of Winter. And by your expression, you cannot read my handwriting for the location. So give it your best. Pop or oh, I poor, That's the poor cemetery that we've just talked about in Joliet. Oh. Yeah, I realized cemetery was just a line, the sea. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I told you beforehand. Like, oh, good luck. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's so, a straight line. It's just like amatory. And poor is written like shit. You're missing letters off of this. No. Well, I also write my Y's like T's because like. You're still you, missing an R. Where? In poor? Let me see. In cemetery. Let it me looks see. like I E M with oh, an well, E. Well, that's just like my cliff notes. T E T? Ah, no. Well, that's fine. Right. My Y's look like T's. I understand. Still missing an R. I mean, ah, cemetery. It's fine. Yeah, all right. Fine. Great. I'll remember that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. So, cemetery, maybe some supernatural elements involved. And we know the location, or I know the location because I've been there kind of like yesterday i drove i was going to meet someone so i couldn't like drive to it but i drove by like that by the soccer field area Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then there's like a tree line in the back Uh which is i'm guessing blocks part of it and then it's just kind of like a field so the minerva grass man oh interesting could be loitering about out there now, again, we remember everything we've talked about over the course of an entire year. Never forgotten a thing. Not a thing. So, but just, you know, I'm just going to kind of look up, you know, some Minerva Grassman yeah, monster just stuff. Just to refresh our listeners' memory. Just a little bit. Because um, I would like to, um, you know, just kind of get a taste of his specific um, abilities. Like what perhaps an article might say. Because, again, I remember totally, completely. Right. How could you forget? As he's just so infamous with like Minerva and monsters. I yeah. mean, we never watched a movie about him, did we? Nope. And one exists called Small Town Monster. So let me just jump around here, which I know I talked about in the episode, obviously. So he's six to seven feet tall. He's covered in hair, you know, Sasquatch stuff. Could weigh up to 400 pounds. I do believe, um, if I remember correctly, he liked to throw rocks. So he's got Sounds that. Right. He's got that going for him, right? Mm-hmm. But he's also been known to break dogs' necks. So he's violent. He's a neck snapper. Okay. He knows that snapping a neck will kill a thing. Okay. So that's that because they snap. He uh, snapped the neck of um. The Clayton's poor German Shepherd. Well, that's a bummer. Um, so let's just say he's an aggressive creature that knows how to throw rocks and snap necks. What do you know about throwing rocks and snapping necks? Know how to throw rocks. I know you don't want your neck snapped. All right. So, that, so. and then of course the Denmoros or Denmoros is the Wizard of Winter in Russia. Mm-hmm. He can. He's been known to freeze plants. Also, to kidnap children and not give them back unless he's given gifts. Eventually, he decided that like maybe he should be giving the gifts and not be an asshole. So he's got a character arc. That's cool. That's cool. Um, but he's got wizard. He's got ice wizard powers. Basically, I think that's safe to say. Would you disagree or agree with that statement? If he's been known to freeze plants, 
and like kidnap kids. He's got like a nefarious edge to him, but he yeah. can freeze plants, which means he can probably freeze other things. Can manip- manipulate the cold weather. Correct. Basically, I want you to imagine Dead Morose as Sub-Zero for Mortal Kombat. Hmm. Okay. So this, that's what we're doing. Also, as opposed to Santa, who wears like red and white because Santa is an American creation, basically adapting you know, the melting pot to become a capitalist weapon, Coca-Cola, Santa. Dead Morose um, usually wears like blue and white. Again, ice colors. Again, Sub-Zero. Okay. So, yeah. Minerva Grassman's hanging out in this cemetery. Got it. And a cold wind blows. Okay. From the north. Oh, shit. Things start to freeze over. Oh, no. Like plants? Yeah. Oh, fuck. The headstones start to get frost on them. No. And then the dead morose swoops in. Just glides in, I guess. Yeah, he slides. Imagine like yeah. Iceman from maybe yeah. X-Men. He's like, shh. Sure, yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and then the Minerva Grassman's like, uh-uh, and chucks a rock at him. Fuck. All right, what does the rock do? Does it make contact? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you mean you don't know? Does he hit him, or does he, is his aim good? Yeah, of course it's good. Okay, so does he clock them rows in the fucking head? Yeah. <laughs> well, that can kill somebody. I guess he's dead. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I mean, he's a wizard of winter. Yeah, he's probably got an ice helmet on. I was thinking ice shields. So that works. Yeah, he's got a helmet on yeah. with ice. He can't be sliding around on sheets of ice and not protect your head. No, he always... I mean, that's one thing in the folklore. Dead Morose is all about... Safety? Exactly. When he puts the kids in the bag, it's because it's safer there. Yeah, it's like, I will take care of you. Mm-hmm. And if your parents give me gifts to get you back, well, hey... Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's not Christmas. We're communist. Exactly. I was also <laughs> reading to refresh, like he would go around preaching like the, the good thing, like the good benefits of communism. So Den Morose is all about the working class. So he's mm-hmm. got that going for him. Again, because that's all communism was, the working class. It never became an authoritarian police state. It was just all about people doing a working class thing. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> The fuck? Uh, so yeah, the rock cracks into Dead Morose's head. Right, he doesn't like it. He's yeah. got his ice helmet on. Sure. Safety first. Yeah. Uh, and so it just knocks his head back a little bit. Yeah. And he drops in into the cemetery, mm-hmm. ready to go. He knows something's something's up. She's like, "Who hit me? Who the fuck was that? Unreal." <laughs> yeah, and then. Uh, I don't know. I guess as he moves around, does like a frost bubble surround him? Like where things continue to freeze the closer they get to him? Um, I feel like they could, but I feel like he's in control of his powers. So like if he wills it, it will happen. So if he wants this ice bubble to form, it can't. Like I don't know if he just emanates cold. Like, you know, a wizard power. would He just, you know what I mean? Like he would have to, his his ice spell would have to be done consciously, right? It wouldn't just... Again, the important questions. Well, depends on what rule set we're playing by. Hey, pick one and go for it. Decide and then make a decision. I mean, I don't know. Um, I guess. Have you experienced wizards in your travels that would just have powers constantly happening, or would they be more in control of these powers? 
Um, like, has our Iceman met Professor Xavier to harness his energy? Or is he just a wild man? I figure Dead Morose knows what he's doing. He sounds like, yeah. He sounds like an innate spellcaster. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. He could, he could have some spells that last for minutes at a time. Okay. So, as soon as he gets in there, he starts cast something on himself that he's in, like, a frost bubble. Good. Now he's on the defensive because he knows something's chucking rocks at him. Correct. So, he's ready. Yeah. So, then he's going to be looking around. Trying to find this Minerva grass man. Right. Who... Which he doesn't know it's a grass man yet, because he doesn't know who it is. Well, yeah, he doesn't know what it is. Right. But then Minerva grass man is, again, hiding in the... Uh, the shrubbery? Of the cemetery. Yeah, you know, the, the, like, the trees. And, like, the cemetery exists how it exists now, which is just in, like, Joliet. Yeah. It's not like how it was back in the day when it was just open fields with cemeteries. So he's, like, in Joliet. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, there's no roads that close. People, That's true. People can't see this happening. Good. Not well, at least. No. So, like, Steve isn't driving by and seeing, like, well, maybe he's driving by and he sees, like, the ice things shoot out or yeah. nothing too, you know, adventurous yet for Steve in right. this confrontation. Right. So, I don't know. The, I guess the grass man still has the drop on him. Yeah. So, he chucks another rock. Correct. He's a creature of nature. He sends things were off, saw who was causing it, and decided to be like, this is not in my cemetery. Does the rock hit this time? So he throws a second rock. Yeah. How are we going to find out that this rock hits or not? Oh. Does it hit? Narrowly misses. Shit. So Dead Morose, does he get a glance of the rock and then see the grass man so now he knows where he, he is? He probably has an idea of which direction it came from, at least. Right. So he's like, all right, I see what's going on. So then does Dead Morose, if the Sasquatch grassman is hiding in the shrubbery, does he decide just to like freeze everything and then like, you know, use his strength to like, you know, like break like the shrubbery. So like exposing the grassman is my point. And he's like, there you are, fucker. Yeah. Is that a quote from Russian Santa? There you are, fucker. Yeah. Okay, good. That's a good thing to do. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Uh yeah, I guess that's what would happen. Like okay. the uh, grassman narrowly avoids freezing along with everything. Correct. Because he's, like, he's like, oh, whoa. And he stands up right. and then the rest of everything, the shrubs and bushes, everything shatters around him. Rock in hand again, though. He's like, all right. Now I'm exposed. Chuck one more rock at him. Right. Oh, yeah. Hits Smokes him. him. Oh, my God. Like in the f- in his head, in his face. All right, things are getting more dramatic. Does he hit him in the face, torso, or limbs? Your call. What do you mean? I get to just pick? The die says target. So. What does that mean? It means your choice. All right, it hits him in the fucking head. Demro's like, oh my God. So now he's like bleeding. And like, I imagine when he bleeds, he bleeds like blue ice blood. Is that cool or is that dumb? Both. Oh, <laughs> that's how I live. Yeah, I live by the cool dumb. Uh, All right, so Dead Morose isn't feeling this. He's like, "Oh my god, totally caught off guard." I was just like surfing on my ice slope right. in the town, in like the middle of Joliet. Yeah, Illinois just a tourist. Yeah, right. he's just like, "Hey, just coming to hang out." Man, you're so lucky. I'm not going to do a Russian accent because that's how he would be talking this entire time. He's not pleased. No. So what's his move, though? 
when he sees the grass man, I assume he just decides to like shoot his ice bolts at him. And try like to free- uh, the Sub Zero, like yeah, boom. yeah. Either either he's trying to, or does he have the ability to like? I would say if he doesn't just like shoot like ice missiles at him, mm-hmm. again a power he totally has, or he could just like try to cast a spell where like he tried to just freeze him outright and just kill him. I figure like just maybe he just throws some ice bolts at him because he doesn't know what's quite going on. Right. Yeah, he's not insta kill man. He's like Russian Santa, so he's like, uh, like I'm Santa. I can't. It's like this ah. guy might have a family. I might need to give him presents later, right? But that hurt. So yeah, shoot my ice missiles at him. He remembers his more nefarious past, his more pagan esque past, where he just like, you know. So he's feeling like urges he hasn't felt in a while. He's like, man, all right, let's test this out. But like, I might have to kill this thing. Ice Missile goes ripping at the Minerva Grassman. Does it hit him? No. Okay, so Grassman is like, ah, whoosh. Yeah. Got you. Dives, dives beneath a unmarked headstone. But he's like totally, yes, correct. He's a totally, but like the dive reveals his total shape even more. Because mm-hmm. before he was hiding through like bushes with no leaves um, or any, or needles or whatever the fuck bushes have, you know, you've seen a bush. And <laughs> <so> then- <laughs> have you? <laughs> So he's like, okay, I'm dealing with like a Sasquatch monster. Great. Yeah. Well, I don't give presents to Sasquatches. Nope. That's not what I do with my all human all the time. So I guess then the battle ensues, like mm-hmm. chucking rocks. Now, the grass man throws rocks, but he's also probably very strong because he can snap necks. Mm-hmm. So does he throw like the ultimate rock? So like he just like, like a break headstone? a giant headstone or pull it out of the earth and just like throw it at him? Yeah, he does. Absolutely. Does that hit? Okay, so Dead Morose is on to his tricks. He's like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. So then I think Dead Morose is pretty pissed off now. I think, he, I think he's like, I got to put this thing out of commission. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, it's just a beast of the earth. So he goes to do like his ultimate, like freeze him entirely spell. Okay. Does that work? Yes, most likely. So he uses all of his energy to totally freeze the grass man and he freezes him. And then for karma, dead Morose picks up one of the rocks that bash him in the head, throws him at the frozen ice creature and he shatters into a billion pieces. And in Joliet, the grass man dies. Steve was curious about this. So he walked into the woods cause Steve is a meth head and he's a maniac. <laughs> and he, he's like, Oh my God, I just saw Santa kill his ass crotch. I need more meth. Sure. <laughs> All right, that rounds out the wild card for the Weird Division. Great. So now we can get in the meat of it. All right, so the first battle, you want to say that name? No. All right, the Men at Angle, <laughs> which, if you do not remember, is a creature that um, is like a person sometimes. Yep, during the day. The daytime. And much like us, it lives in the day and the night. Yeah. But unlike us at night... Its torso separates from its legs, and it grows vampiric bat wings and flies around with a, um, what's those tongues called? Pro- um, proboscis? Exactly. To suck the blood of people and infants, living creatures, and if you salt its torso, it's a, if you salt its limb section, 
or like throw garlic on it. Yeah, where it can't reconnect. Correct. Then it will die by the sun time. That's what morning's called, right? The sun time. The sun time. And that is fighting uh, the winner of our first round from Correct. the uh, wild card. Yes. The White Bluff Screamer. Correct. Which is a physical being, even though we can't quite tell what it is. Um, I got a bad feeling for the White Bluff Screamer here, though. It's a physical being that probably has blood. Yeah. Who but... is stuck to the earth. And last time I battled a thing with wings, which it did good with, but it was stuck in a building. We'll see what if the location helps it at all. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, no. Is it really? It's happened already. All right. So what happened? Uh, I drew the third man card. All right. So if anyone remembers the third man, he is what pushes you beyond the edge of death. If you're in a terrible situation where you think you might die, a lot of people talk about having something with them. They might call it an angel. They might call it an entity or just extra motivation. It gives you an extra boost to survive tough times. So now we have to decide if the third man is helping the White Bluff Screamer or it's helping the Mananangle. How do we decide? Scroll this? the fucking dice, I guess. Like, right? 50 50? 50 50, yeah. Odds, evens, whatever you decide. However, you've rolled more dice than me. All right. Odds, it's helping the Mananangle. Okay. Evens, it's helping the White Bluff Screamer. Okay. Odds. Okay, so the Mananangle has. Height advantage. I don't know. We're just going to recycle these things. You want to pick a location? Because there's no other special powers in there to see where we're at. We are at the Jameson family murder scene. Great. So it's just the woods where a family was murdered, which is a grim thing to add to this ridiculous battle. So not not great. So the Mennonongle's been here for some time. Sure. Maybe it committed the murder. Oh, fuck. We're not sure. But did then they, a, did they ha- have their blood drained or just like their bodies ripped apart? Because uh, wasn't didn't they find like remains in the woods? They just found remains, yeah. All right, so something bad happened. But then a scream issues from a bluff nearby. Mm-hmm. And is it daytime or night? I would guess nighttime. Let's say nighttime. Because that's when the men in Angle would be out feeding. Also, the White Bluff Screamer tends to do things at night because you can't true, quite, yeah. no one's, you know, it's, it might be a werewolf, which would also be night. Vague, monstrous thing. But we're basically in the woods. We're, we're definitely, yeah, just in the woods. Yeah. So the men in Angle is already going to have an advantage of being able to fly around and try right. to spot this thing sooner. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And the other thing, screaming, just alerting its position the entire time. Correct. It just doesn't stop. Yeah. So eventually, the Mananangle... Am I saying that right? That's how I've been saying it, so that's what we're going to... We can stick with that. That works. Okay. Uh, flies around, and it spots the White Bluff Screamer. Okay. Sees something moving. Yeah. And screaming. Right. It's not quite sure what it is, 100%. No, but it's definitely there, and but it's it's, it's kapoor- Flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. It is flesh and blood. And the man in Angle is hungry. So it swoops in. And again, he's a winged torso with arms, or she. It's just she. Mm-hmm. A Lilith type, you know, after people. You know, vampiric woman hunting humanity type creature. Goes in. If it can see it. She's going to come in, pounce on it from above, and she's probably going to go in to like drain his blood immediately. 
Probably. So like maybe the white bluff screamer can kind of dodge the tongue a little bit or like snap it or slap it away. Again, it's screaming. It just likes to do that. But then she could pick it up and drop it or just like grab it and then inject its tongue and then immediately start like draining its blood. Oh, well, the, the white bluff screamer has got to give it a little bit of a fight. Oh, yeah. It, it's it not... hears the flapping of wings and it Correct. knows it's coming above. Right. Or something is coming above. Right. But then something wraps around it and it gets a needle-like tongue shoved in it. Yeah. Doesn't like it. Huge, yeah. huge um, unfan. Yeah. Maybe it tosses it a couple times, but mm-hmm. the Mennonongle just keeps swooping back in. Yeah. Unrelenting. Maybe every, every time it swoops in, does a few slashes, a few bites, mm-hmm. a few tongue stabs. But eventually it gets the Mennonongle down yes. on the ground. Yes. Where it thinks it's got a better shot at it. Uh-huh. But the Mennonongle's like weird spinal column thing like wraps around it or something. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's weird torso being. Yeah, and then the uh, the wings distract it and the tongue proboscis. Just boom, right between the eyes. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it gives its one final scream of its demise. Yeah. And the Menangle destroys, devours, devours the White Bluff Screamer. All right, Menangle may have had a little bit of a hand there. You know what? When it was getting bashed around a little bit, had an extra motivation. Yep. When I it f- got dropped to the ground, it was like, no fucking way. I feel like the other creature could have used the help of the third man. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Didn't get it. Nope. Didn't have that. The men at angle was like, wow, I can't let this thing beat me. And then I heard a whisper. I got you, boo. <laughs> <laughs> boo. It's like, you know, I'm always with you. Yeah. And it's like, and my name is Steve. What oh, the, shit. What the Steve? fuck? Is a third man? What the fuck? He's, so he's always there. He's always there. And sometimes he chooses to help and sometimes he doesn't. Because he chooses meth the other time. Because he's on meth most of the time, driving through Joliet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, well. Interesting dilemma here. Why is that? Oh, I don't know. Just the situation itself. The matchup. I mean, that's a thing. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. The next matchup is the <laughs> Magoyan monster yes. versus St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas, patron saint of a million things. Also the, uh, you know. Inspi- inspiration behind Santa Claus. Correct. Again. Gives, again, Christmas is coming out hard as it often does. Um, to those who do not remember, but how could you not? The first battle of the year involved the Archangel Gabriel, who, of course, told Mary she was going to have a child who would be Jesus. And then Santa Claus in his Odin Odin, um, visage. Yeah. First year ever battle. Correct. Decided by the dice. No hate. No hate, just fate. Where are they fighting? The door to hell. Okay. Remind me of that. 
the specific this specific door to hell. It's just a giant crater in a Middle Eastern country. I don't recall the, which it's one. It's that one that constantly burns, right? Yeah, it's like hundreds of feet across. Was it Turkey or is that wrong? I think it was Turkey. Maybe. Okay. That sounds right. Okay. Um, yeah, just an inferno. Giant pit in the ground that's constantly burning. So St. Nicholas, who... Um, infamous for, you know, inspiring Santa Claus, he saved... Um, three women by throwing gold into their family stocking so they could like live a free life, right? Is that the basic idea? I think so they wouldn't have to be prostitutes or yeah, something. Yeah, so like live that. a free life and not be, yeah. you know, not be cast into that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but being forced no one needs to be forced into doing anything. So he let them continue to be free by giving their father enough to avoid that situation. Yeah, he paid their dowries or something like there that. There you go. Yep. And then um would go on to hunt demons and sometimes conscript demons or bad men into his servitude like old man whipper a man who murdered children and tried to sell them as pork he resurrected these children gave them back to their families and then went to this guy like you ain't gonna be killing kids anymore but i'm gonna make you work for me because i like your abilities I like how you I like how you work i don't like what you do but you seem like a guy that knows how to get the job done. You need just a little bit of training and some boundaries, and you're going to beat bad people for me. Yep. And St. Nick was also like, you know what? Krampus is like a demon who does that too. You're going to work for me too. And um, Black Pete, don't like, don't like what you got. Like your energy, like what you do, but like maybe I'm just going to use you to do the same stuff. Sure. So, like, St. Nicholas commands demons and can battle them and tell them what to do versus an Arizona Sasquatch. Yep. In around a pit to hell, which St. Nicholas is very familiar with hell. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of liaisons that communicate with hell, mainly the demons he employs. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. What do you think is going to happen here? Because I think I know what's going to happen, and I want to make it sound a little more eventful. This is a lost Sasquatch. This is in Arizona. Why am I by this? Where am I? I mean, it seems kind of like Arizona. Just a hell pit. I mean, it's, it's hot. Yes, yeah, I mean, it's like a desert around it. Sure. <laughs> like, it's like a- sure, sure, sure. And Saint Nicholas has traveled all over the place, so I'm sure he's been to Turkey. He's like, I got this. Yeah. And again, he. I don't know if he's an immortal being, but he's very familiar with burning pits of hell and things of that nature. Yeah, so the, the Magoyan monster just gets dropped here, and it's like, yeah, this seems fine. Okay, like, so oh, there's a big flaming pit over there, but like... He's comfortable. Yeah, I'm not going to go in that, obviously. That'd be silly. Um, so then he just stares at it, and he's like, hmm, going to do Sasquatch stuff. And this Sasquatch, he also... Um, can use a club. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, somebody noticed him. I'm not going to say it's like, like one of Steve's like great, great grandparents or something, but maybe, um, maybe they witnessed the, the Mogarian monster beat some cougars to death and drink their blood. Okay. So he's chilling. He's probably beating tourists that show up to check out the the pit. Like people are walking up and he's like clubbing them down. Yeah. They snap their Polaroid. Yeah. Cause that's what their camera they're using. And then he just beats them and eats them. Yep. 
beaten and eaten. And he's just, yeah, this place seems cool. He's putting them, beating them to death. This place seems cool. Roasting them over the pit to hell. <laughs> and then... Oh, he's cooking people over the oil hell pit. Gives them a specific flavor. Yeah. Extra greasy. Extra greasy. From the oil, I guess. Sure. Um... I don't know. So he's murdering human beings, right? Nick, St. Nicholas doesn't exactly like that. Yeah. So, aspect. so that's when St. Nick swoops in and he's like, All right. Yo, what's going on here? And the Magohan monster immediately like takes his club and tries to smack him. When he was caught last time, he like screamed. Same. Like when someone saw him, like he makes a loud shrieking sound. He makes ah. loud noises. Oh, yeah. How, yeah. Okay. Just like that. So St. Nick's like, now nah, I'm even more pissed. Yeah. What does that sound? <laughs> yeah. What the hell are we doing here? So he sees all the corpses around and this guy's been beating people. And St. Nick's going to use his charm on this guy or force bend him to his will. Good. And say, I like what you're doing here. I don't like your methods of execution. What the fuck? What is St. Nick doing? But I want you to work for me. When St. Nick conscripts the Mogollian monster into his care? Yeah. I want you to beat bad kids for me. And the Mogollian monster's like, what if I don't want to? He's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Then you go in the fiery pit. So then the Mogollian monster joins his band of feisty fiends and is taken off the battlefield and becomes another one of St. Nicholas's tools. I, I guess. I mean, I mean that's losing a battle because, like, that's so, how we beat the old man, the old cook, the old cook, the butcher to become old man whipper. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's like, what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think uh, there's no way a Sasquatch is killing Saint Nick. It's not happening. The immortal no. demon taming legend. Demon that he tamer. Is. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, St. Nick, no, of course, St. Nick will now have the Mogulian monster in his toolbox, potentially. Because he just has a million demons. We don't know who he's made friends with. There's only been reports of a few. Yep. So the Mogulian monster is removed from the battlefield, and St. Nick moves forward. Yeah. All right. Next up. Yes. The weird division continuing. Let's do it. Where we got? Who we got? We got the Oklahoma octopus. Great, which is an octopus that lives, um, you know, some of the man-made lakes of Oklahoma, Lake Thunderbird, uh, Lake Tenkiller. He attacks people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a specific description, which is he's the size of a horse. Looks like an octopus. Believe it or not, the Oklahoma octopus looks like an octopus and has long tentacles with leathery reddish-brown skin. Again, freshwater octopus. That's versus? A, yeah, versus the Mackenzie poltergeist. What's that do? Uh, it's a poltergeist that lives in the black tomb? Black, black uh, crypt? Black crypt, I think. Yes. In, I want to say Scotland? Yes, again, we remember everything we talk about. Yeah, uh, and it's known to scratch people. He was a horrible 
um, religious pu- persecutor, if right. I remember correctly. Yes, and he laid waste to many people. Yeah, and people still get scratched, uh, end up hearing things, being pushed, uh, all things like that. Okay. Inside of his crypt or tomb. All right. So we're going to have to have a discussion about what happens with this location. This location. We're going to have to figure this out. Is going to be these guys. Some exceptions might be made because both are very specific to where they live. Werewolf Springs. Okay. Doable. There's water. Yeah. There's an octopus. Fresh water. That checks out. Um, And let's just say he's a ghost. So we haunt shit, so maybe it's something haunted from that cemetery made its way or is teleported from by whatever conducts these battles. Didn't people like steal his head or something like that? Uh, yeah, weren't they like stealing or supposedly steal like his body parts? So what do you want to put his skull here? Yeah, his skull gets stolen. Good, beautiful. His skull is here. And dropped in Werewolf Springs. Great. Where so then, an octopus swims the waters. So basically they're fighting in the springs and they're fighting in, a ghost is fighting an octopus in the water. This is the mature conversation we're having? Yes. Good. Okay. So, great. There's an octopus, corporeal being, eats people. It's a pissed-off octopus. Yep. Um, it can survive here because it's a freshwater octopus because those exist in this world. And there's a ghost, which also exists in this world, that is fighting the octopus in the water. Um, it already We know it can attack things that are corporeal of this earth. What is the religious alignment of this octopus? This octopus is um, a LeVay Satanist. Interesting. Swerve, right? Yeah. Hmm. This octopus just wants to care about people. Um, it wants to take care of things. Its religion is called Satanism to make people mad. The black mm-hmm. monk is pissed off by this because he's like, you worship would... Satan? Well, it's not the black monk. That's a different guy. But it's not the black monk, as you said. I it's... confused him with the last winner of our battle. Yeah. Sorry, there's a lot of poltergeists in my head, which is also not a good sentence, but whatever. <laughs> uh, it is a the McKenzie poltergeist who lives in a black crypt. I get too many things in my head trying to make up, I mean, try to tell how stories and battles would actually play out. But yeah, he's very angry about this Satanism stuff, even though it's just atheism, guys just being nice to each other. Correct. Um, That's the beliefs of this octopus. <laughs> <laughs> so he's what a pacifist octopus then? Unless he's like threatened or people he loves are threatened. Yeah, unless he gets hit first. Correct. Which I feel like he might get hit first because that's what the yeah. So immediately that's what this guy does yeah. Immediately, the Mackenzie Poltergeist lashes out because he's like, "Fuck you." Yeah, what do you want to do? Not believe in God and be nice? Mm-hmm. Go fuck yourself. So, and the uh, the tenets of uh, <laughs> the Satanism you've described, yes. he takes that blow, and then he deals it back as hard as possibly as he can. Correct, yes. And how does that play out? Well, the um, ghost is a ghost. Mm-hmm. So the octopus is like splashing in the water, trying to grab him, but he's not going to be able to grab onto him because he's an octopus who is sentient. I, we all know octopuses are very fucking smart, smart enough to have religious beliefs. Yeah. 
very specific religious beliefs. He's been reading. This octopus found a laptop or a smartphone. And he was typing away. And he was like, he, got, he fell down like a weird rabbit hole, accepted this new way of life for him, and now is battling a ghost who basically hates everything yeah. that is not pure or Christian enough for him. I'm pretty sure he was Protestant, but let me double check that. Checks out. It's very aggressive. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know what religion he was, but he was very against Presbyterians. So it's safe to say he probably hates the Satanist octopus. Probably. That seems fair enough. Yeah. And so he's haunting this area because we said his skull was stolen? Yep. Okay. So where is the skull? It's in the water? Or near it. Do you want to put it on the shore? I would say it's close enough to the water that the octopus could reach it. All right. So Somebody just dropped it there or whatever. The octopus is smart, and he learned to believe in uh, Satanism. Does he know that like fucking with like a skull can mess with a ghost? I would say probably not. I mean, how analytical is this octopus? Pretty fucking analytical. Well, but he follows a uh, he follows a religion of like you know understanding in science. I guess the most analytical religion, maybe. Could, I, don't, I mean, I don't it, know. I mean, it's one that would, of course, you know, focus on facts and logic. Less than, yeah, okay. So so he sees a ghost in front of him. Yeah, in the water. He's like, okay, well, this is a ghost, and there's these, these remains that showed up before that, and there's no ghost here before. Right. So yeah, yeah. I think these two things are intertwined. So he makes a connection. In my cephalopod brain. Great. And the cephalopod has decided to attack the ghost, and he realizes that doesn't, that's not doing anything. Okay. So he's like, okay, if these things are connected, what if I try to... I mean, that looks like a... I've seen a person before. That looks like a people's skull. Yeah. Again, I kill people. I know what they're... I eat them. I know what their insides look in like. in Oklahoma all the time. Correct. So even here in Werewolf Springs, killing people, doing shit. You know, killing people, hunting things, right? That's a, somebody's slogan, right? Yep. That's this octopus's slogan. Yeah. Um, He's got it on his bumper. It's true. Bumper right. sticker. Right. When he drives from freshwater reservoir to freshwater reservoir. Again, during that episode, there's stories of like, I talked about stories of like cars driving into these things. So maybe the octopus pulled the cars <laughs> in there. So this octopus is driving cars around Werewolf Springs. Like, do, do, do. Yep. All right. And even if he's out of gas, he sticks his legs out and like moves the car like he pretends drives. He's got a Flintstones car. He literally has a Flintstones car. He's like, okay, Hanna Barbera style. Here yep. comes this octopus in the car, battling a ghost whose skull is on the shore. Okay, <sighs> so he drives his car. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he runs over the skull, or he bashes it and breaks it. Good move, but the skull in pieces in a way that makes the ghost stronger because he haunts every piece of the skull, right? Each piece would be haunted, correct? Wouldn't you think? Would it? I don't know. I would argue yes, because he's embedded in the skull, so then he's bro- the skull's broken apart. It doesn't like sever his link, his, trauma- his traumatic sure. link okay. to the skull's pieces. So mm-hmm. the point is that does not stop the ghost. Okay. Ghost is still there fucking with the octopus. Ghost carries on. 
Correct. Battles the octopus, scratches him, scratches the fuck out of him. Okay. Even his, his sunken car, his Oldsmobile, his 54 Oldsmobile that he stole and has in Werewolf Springs cannot protect him from the ghost. He's oh. getting scratched. He's getting cut up. Octopuses don't like that. No, they don't. There's nowhere for him to go, and this ghost is still cutting him up. Slice, maybe he even manages to slice off like an arm. Now he's only got seven. Now he's a centipus. How's he slicing off a whole arm, though? With his ghost power? I mean, he just just scratches things. So we don't think he's strong enough to cut through the octopus's arm? I don't think so. He's He's never been caught with that power, so you would be correct. So the octopus is getting cut up. And it's just, man, that sucks. I mean, is it going to be death by a thousand cuts, or is this octopus going to pull something out here? Is The octopus is, he lives in the fresh water, but does he have enough salt in him to perhaps salt the remains and do some kind of purification thing? Does simply cutting I into the octopus... I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. We're just trying to give the octopus some abilities to stop a ghost. Do we think the octopus just moves forward because this thing can't kill him? Just scratches. Is that strong enough? Well, I mean, there's a death by a thousand cuts or whatever, however long it takes. Sure, octopus can bleed out, yeah. Uh, So does it flee, which is still a defeat, or does it fight to the death, or does it have something it can pull out here? How long do we think? I mean, unless you're, unless you know, unless um, it scatters every bit of the skull it smashed into different waters, could be like just get it away so like it's out of the uh, the ghost's sphere of influence. Yeah, but so that the ghost is not just close enough and can't get to him. He's like throws he like basically throws the ghost away. Well, yeah, but the way you establish the skull, like the pieces stay. I would believe that. So. But I mean, I mean, he can throw the pieces if he shatters the skull away from him, and then the ghost can only haunt so far, and then the ghost can't get to the octopus. That'd be the only way to carry those rules forward, in which the octopus is no longer being attacked by the ghost. Well, because if you leave the cemetery, he doesn't come after you. So if you're away from his remains, it ain't coming after you. Yeah, but that's not a win. Either way, I mean, I, I think the death by a thousand cuts or. Fleeing on the octopus gives it to the Mackenzie poltergeist then. All right. The uh, ghost goes forward. Next up. How do you feel about this one? Pretty good. (laughs) Uh, we have the Glimmer Man okay. versus Ed Wiseman. As Ed Wiseman for sure killed the grizzly, perhaps the last one in Colorado. Yes, with he like did. like a knife in his bare hands, basically. Mm-hmm. And the Glimmer Man is a creepy guy that watches you from the woods who may in fact be the predator. Again, the may in fact is an important phrase in that sentence. Well, yeah, because that's what most people describe it as, minus the hanging from the tree and being gutted. Correct, and he didn't really shoot lasers at people. Right, but the uh, the shimmer Correct. of the 
Predator's camouflage. Yeah, the shimmer of the glimmer for this man. Well, let's see where they're uh, All right. getting down and dirty. All right, let's figure it out. No, where? The bloop. <laughs> well, the bloop's a sound. In the ocean, though. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, fuck. It's just the bloop is a sound. It isn't the ocean. That's so true. They, they hear the bloop. They hear the bloop. And they're like, what the fuck is that? And that's the end of that. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> we thought about so, the third man, but not about what the bloop would mean. Is it a message? Is it a code? Do they understand what the message is? Does it is? distract one of them? It might distract one of them. Or do they both hear it? Oh, They're both God. just hanging out at the coast, and we're like, what the fuck was that? Is that where we want to establish the bloop as a location, the coast, a beach? I guess. It makes more sense than being in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, because it's not going to work out for anybody. They both drown. Yeah. So they're on the beach. Good. The bloop is just... A noise that's heard in the distance. On the beach where they're battling. Great. All right. Well, so Ed Wiseman, who, let's remind everybody, his wife loved his hands. She talked about how strong they were. Well, he's got strong hands. How manly they were. He killed a grizzly bear whose skull is in a museum in Colorado. And his fingers had biceps. His fingers did have biceps. That's true. Mm -hmm. He did curls with his fingers. Mm -hmm. That was something we totally talked about. Great hands. Correct. Should have been a hand model. He should have been a hand model. Everything he tried to like, you know, he his hands would just rip through the gloves though, and he would like model spoons. He'd just break them. Yeah. He'd try to tie shoes. He'd just rip the shoe apart. Ed Wiseman is a strong man. He's an outdoors man. He is a, you know, a man of the woods. Yeah, a woodsman. That is what that is called. And the Glimmer Man is a potentially, potentially, potentially supernatural being that, um, is camouflaged in the woods that likes to stare at people. Yeah. So I figure he's staring at Ed, and Ed's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. He hates it. Not a fan. Very pissed off about it. And he's like, is that a threat to me? I'm not going to let it be a threat. So he walks over and investigates. Yeah. Glimmer man. He's a big hunter guy, right? Correct. So he probably has, I mean, he's got at least a knife on him. He's a hunter. He can use guns. He only didn't have his gun... I think because he was battling a grizzly bear and couldn't get to it or it was away from him because he was chased. Mm-hmm. So, But in this situation, he's a hunter by a beach, so he's got guns and knives. And he heard a bloop, and he's like, what the fuck like, was he's, that? He's already on alert. He's already got the gun out. We'll say it's a rifle. Does that, sound, does that make sense for a hunter? Sure. To have a rifle? Okay. I guess. Yeah, as long as... Because my point is he's going to aim it at the glimmer man. And the glimmer man's like, can you see me? Am I glimmering? That's what I do. Yeah. He knows what I'm up to. I'm the Glimmer Man. And Ed's like, fuck this, and just shoots him. And I assume he shoots the Glimmer Man, and I assume, assume the Glimmer Man, if he is, again, a creature of the earth, he's corporeal, gets shot, so takes a hit. Well. Does he move? I think he gets I mean, shot. I would think that him... As soon as he sees a rifle pointed at him, is not going to entirely rely on his camouflage. That's fair. Because he's like, oh, he probably doesn't see me. He's probably fine. I right? like my glimmer man being overconfident, <laughs> but that could be. He could move. Yeah, no, he immediately moves. And then as soon as he starts running, then Ed's like, fuck this. this is a, there's a mirage running in the woods, so he keeps shooting then. 
Well, yeah. And then he shoots in front of him because that's how you're supposed to shoot when you're hunting something. He's got to hit him at least once or twice. Or is the Glimmer Man that fast that he avoids the I hit? don't know if he's fast at all, but I well, mean, it's got to be difficult to see. Like, he's got he's to be tracking this thing. He is. With, you know, n- the naked eye. Right. And so you're trying to predict where this shimmering thing is going. Correct. You got to lead your shot. Yeah. It's not an easy shot to pull off. No, but I mean, we're Ed Wiseman. Yeah, Ed Wiseman. I'm sure he can do it. I think he clips him a little bit. I don't know how it bleeds. Does he bleed like a predator? Is it green blood? Sure. Fine. Great. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So then he's like, oh, shit. And if he goes into the woods along this beach, because I guess that's what's happening. Yeah. He goes into the woods to track him, to hunt him down. To find him. Does the Glimmer Man try to uh, set traps for Ed? Is Ed the actual predator in this story, and the Glimmer Man's being pursued by this mad hunter? Yeah, this guy, the Glimmer Man's just a pervert. I was trying to watch. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a pervert. He's just trying to watch Ed and his wife get down. His wife is on the beach. She was like, nice hands, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's crazy. And the glimmer man's like, I'm gonna see some hot action tonight. Yeah. Wow, she's really touching his hands a lot. And then Ed hears the bloop and he's like, wait a second, honey. And he turns his head immediately toward the woods because he's not gonna look toward the o- well, he's, he looks toward the ocean and like nothing's over there. And then he scans, then he catches the glimmer. That's when he grabs his rifle. He pushes his wife aside and she's like, she feels his hand, so she's like, that's a very strong hand. She's like, let him watch. <laughs> it's like no honey he could come get us she's an adventurous woman yeah. and she's into some stuff yeah I guess so then Ed goes off into the woods <laughs> leaving his potentially um, slightly undressed wife because they were about to get involved in some situations and he chases this shining man through the woods <laughs> <laughs> yep Okay, what happens next? Eventually. He has to, right? Catch the Glimmer Man. He catches him. Yeah, he gets him. And then the Glimmer Man bites back, tries to retaliate, and Ed. Glimmer Man's already I mean, bleeding. He he's pulls got out a his. Rifle, yeah, but so. he, he pulls out his knife and just starts stabbing him in what he thinks is his chest, like when he the killed Glimmer that grizzly. Man? Oh, okay. And the Glimmer Man bleeds is all his. You know, his, um, his, um, what are those? His glow stick blood all over Ed. And Ed's just like, you're going to die. This is, that's a good, that's a good thing to say to something you're killing. You're going to die. And then Ed cuts his head off, takes it back to the beach, shows his wife, puts it on so it's facing him and his wife. And what do they do? They make whoopee. (laughs) They, and she's like, yes. Yeah, they all hear the real bloop. <laughs> bloop. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> all right, so Ed <laughs> kills the Glimmer Man yep. and then has sex in front of his, cor- his, his, his decapitated head. Yep. Just a man who really exists and killed a grizzly bear. All right. <laughs> his wife was very into it. And he was... I Correct. Too. I guess, right? Sure. All right. 
Speaking of whoopee, next up we got the Wapaloozy. That's a whoopee. That is a whoopee. Versus the Dead Morose. All right, so the Russian Ice Wizard versus a creature of the Lumberwoods who looks like a wiener dog and has the feet and toes of a woodpecker. It's got a spiked tail, so that's going to help it out. Um, The main story about him is the fact that a hunter killed it, made gloves out of it, and the gloves were like sentient and want to move around. (laughs) So I don't think Dead Morose has any inclination to turn this thing into gloves. I do. Okay, because he's cold. Why why wouldn't the wizard magic guy want magic talking gloves? Because, um... The uh, the gloves are sentient, and they wanted to use a hunter's axe. Um, so, okay, go on. <laughs> Dead Morose is in the woods. He sees this creature. He's like, I want some nice fucking gloves. Yeah, I mean, he's an ice wizard. He's always cold. We assumed he's in the woods because it's a lumber woods, but where oh, is he actually we gotta, at? We got to pull where he's at. Sure. It's very important. He's at Skinwalker Ranch. So great. All right. There's a lot of fucked up things happening. There's a Wapaloozy and an ice wizard roaming around, amongst other things. Yeah. Well, guess Portals are opening. Well, and guess who's like staying? UFOs are flying by. Somebody's friend wanted to investigate the phenomena. So Steve is here watching this chaos happen. He hears noises. He sees space lights. And then he sees a little sausage creature run across the ground. And then he sees an ice wizard pick it up, skin it, and make gloves. He's like, okay. <laughs> Welcome to this. I need more meth. Yeah. I need drugs. I don't have enough. And then the ice wizard puts on the gloves, starts talking to them. Okay. He's like, yeah, we could wield an axe if we need to, but you're warm and feel nice on my hands. The gloves like start moving his hands around, though, because they're sentient. They don't want to be gloves. So thankfully, this isn't a visual podcast, but the, you, can see, you can see what I'm doing. I'm going to keep doing it. I can. The, the hands are crazy. Yep. Going all over the place. Yeah, they are. Getting wild. Yeah. And a dead Morose is like, fuck this, because that hunter threw the gloves off, so he throws the gloves off. So now this creature has become sentient gloves, and the ice wizard is battling sentient gloves. How does that work out for him? What do you think? Because the creature's already dead, but not defeated. Yeah, well, the dead Morose, I think, is going to freeze them Correct. in place. Correct. That'll work. And then put them back on his hands. Okay. And so has he recruited the Wapaloozy gloves into until his arsenal? I think he does it over and over again until they obey him. He tames the Wapaloozy gloves. Yeah, because he can freeze them. Sure, he can, yeah. Yeah, just, you're done then. And it's an animal, and he puts it in its place. Yeah. So Denmaros removes the Wapaloozy from the battlefield and now has nice warm gloves. Yep. That he can sometimes command to do things. It's a plus one with axe attacks. Dan Morose defeats the Wapaloozy because he turned him into a fashion statement. Okay. Next up, we've got the Richmond Vampire versus the Slide Rock Bolter. Okay. So AKA the Rock Slide Bolter. Or the Bolt Slide Rocker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
That's a giant creature, basically a mountain tremor that jumps out of the uh, mountain graboid that erupts from the mountain, slides down, and kills anything in its path. Correct. Versus the Richmond vampire, who um, is either a vampire with exposed flesh and jagged teeth, or a man who was caught in a, you know, a train tunnel making disaster and had all of his flesh ripped off and had his mouth shattered and is just screaming for his wife before he passes away a few days later. Um, We're going to go with the first one. Perfect. Where are they fighting? They are fighting in... Hobbitville. Okay, so they're in um, town... Someone's property. Yeah. Who kept birds and exotic animals. Yeah, there's peacocks roaming around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, little houses where people can live, just like small homes, not really any smaller than a, like a, the doorways aren't smaller than like normal homes or just tinier houses. Mm-hmm. A little tiny house community where people may or may not live until it becomes a park. Relatively recently. Correct. So the Richmond Vampire is perhaps just one of those, you know, hangers on. It was an artistic community, so maybe he's an artistic vampire or he's just goes into town to do work and comes back and lives in his little home um on a man's property until until this this giant creature goes from the earth and swallows him and the entire town. Yeah, the, the I, entire I mean property. the slide rock bolter is just like a he graboid an, times 10. Correct. He annihilates Hobbitsville. Yeah. And everything's gone, and he lives and burrows into the earth and lives another day. I mean, that's an easy... It's, he just wipes him out. He's I a force of nature. I don't see that playing out any differently. Really. Me neither. So, like, bolt slide rocker. Maybe the vampire lives on in his stomach, but that's still a win. But I mean, for... even... Well, exactly. Yeah, and that's an, a maybe he gets to live the Jonah and the Whale situation, so the vampire travels around the belly of the slide rock bolter as it devours everything in its path. Yeah. Uh, or he gets crushed and his head is decapitated, which would kill a vampire. But we can imagine he's continuing to live inside of his body. It's a team-up. Sure. That's what that is, right? I guess. When the whale ate Pinocchio and... Yeah, they teamed up. They teamed up, right? They just didn't hang out and be sad in a boat inside of his gut until he spit him out. Right. Slide Rock Bolter wins. Next up, we got... Continuing on the weird division. Sure. Getting close to wrapping it up. Yeah, this first, this first left. round. Yeah, this first round, absolutely. Penelope. Okay, so that's a Versus. One. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. A grizzly bear. Interesting. Just a grizzly bear. Tough a grizzly real bear. Real American grizzly bear. A real American grizzly bear who's not afraid to show its hoochie coo <laughs> to Penelope. Yeah. That's just the thing that happens. Right? Yeah. Because... Penelope ain't no sloopy, and she ain't hanging on, or is she? It's a great question. I don't know. Penelope, of course, was um, a woman whose car crashed, and then she escaped into the woods and became a monster. Became a feral beast. Correct, yes. Well, they're fighting on a ghost ship. I mean, this great, it's fine. Penelope is a woodland monster 
The grizzly bear is also a woodland monster. <laughs> yeah. And they are um, on a ghost ship. Penelope, perhaps a little more um, aware of her surroundings, a little more sentient. I mean, is she's she, a, though? That's a great question. I said, a, she li- got I said lost, a little more. Real lost. And that's right. how she turned into what she did. Correct. So she is a strong, terrifying creature. You Again, might need to look more into this because we need my, we, it comes in down my to mind right now, the grizzly's a grizzly's winning real quick. Okay. We're going to check up some more facts about Penelope. Um, no, not Penelope Cruz. Penelope Monster. Um, so, yeah, large, vicious, horrid, humanoid creature. So she's got some size to her at this point. Okay. She's beefed up, perhaps, by killing people. Although, large, vicious, so maybe just tall. It's female, because then it goes on to say she's, this is a weird... Uh, CA.com article. She's female, thin, but she, yeah, she's seven feet tall. She's got large arms and legs. Um, her face is deformed. She's got long, dirty, light colored hair. Um, so she is a very tall, vicious creature. Um, grizzly bear is a grizzly bear. It's got more girth, but she's super fast. She's got razor sharp claws. Um, rumor has it she's decapitated and disemboweled her victims. Um, and she moves so fast, quote, they have no time to react before she is upon them. Speed seems to be a huge asset that she possesses. It sounds like we've accidentally pitched grizzly bear versus grizzly bear at each other. Potentially. Because a grizzly bear is nine <laughs> feet tall. Okay. Six, up to 600 pounds. Okay. Um, the stories say Penelope is lightning fast. Grizzly bears are not slow. They are not slow. How fast is a grizzly bear? 25, 35 miles per hour. That's fast. Penelope, At a full sprint. Penelope seems to have almost a supernatural speed to her. So I do feel like we pitched... Like you said, grizzly bear versus grizzly bear, but one might be a little faster. Maybe. You know, one sounds like it's got more mass, though, too. That's true. So, this has turned into quite the interesting battle, really. It's also on a ghost ship, which I don't think helps anybody. It doesn't help or hurt anybody, I don't think. No. Everybody's just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's just, well, the ghosts are just like. Cause ghosts this are like. This is what we paid for. Now yeah. fight. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, an audience. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What is what is deciding these battles? Who is the audience for these confrontations? Right now, it's a ghost ship full of ghosts. And a ghost ship that just comes in and out of the dock. Yeah. You can just feel to see it racing around. Right? It's that ghost ship, isn't it? I don't remember what we picked it off of. Oh, Probably. Okay. I mean, didn't you discuss? What was the... Uh, the ghost ship that was like awesome. Oh, it was the. Um, it was awesome in, as a life ship, and then when it became a ghost ship. God. Again, we remember everything we've talked about the entire year. The ghost ship of Casco Bay, yeah. There it is. Uh, but, anyways, that's ripping around, and there's a. F- uh, a feral fucking... woman monster versus a feral grizzly monster. Yeah. I I don't know, man. 
I don't know. This one's tricky. Trickier than you would have thought it would have been. I absolutely agree, because um, I think it comes down to speed and accuracy. Because otherwise... Versus mass and constitution. Right. So, like, depending on how fast Penelope is, she is, like, zooming in, slicing and dicing. She could be making passes. I don't think she's, like, going in to, like, get involved in, like, a, you know, a, a, like a like a boxing match with this thing. I think she runs and slices, well, runs that's and where, slices. That's where you get caught up maybe though. Oh, of course. You make one wrong move and boom, yeah. you're done. Right. I don't know. This I one, don't know if she'd be booming done because she seems to probably be able to take a beating too. This feels like a toss up to me. I don't know. I would say that Penelope's speed would give her an edge over the grizzly bear if we have to pick like one thing that sets them apart. Because as I was reading that description, everything was like, ah, oh, it's pretty much like a grizzly. Pretty much like a grizzly. Grizzly's even bigger than she is. But if she's faster, she may take some licks but be able to avoid most of the grizzly's attacks. Because again, may I remind you, a normal man also killed a grizzly bear. And well, this, know, was, this was maybe that grizzly. Maybe. maybe. The reason why the grizzly bear was involved in this bracket at all was because it battled Ed Wiseman. It's true. So the grizzly, you know what I mean? Like a mortal man could kill a grizzly. Um, How many percentage out of the encounters though? Sure. <laughs> but that's a mortal man. And this is Penelope who was more than a mortal man. She is a um, fast, ferocious woman creature. I know two stories about people that encountered grizzlies and survived. And they're both legends. Uh-huh. All the other people are just dead in the crown. Well, Penelope is in fact a legend. Mm-hmm. So I think I think she has an edge over the grizzly bear, and I think it's just the speed. Because they're both big, they both have claws, they both are monsters. That's what I'm saying. She makes one wrong move, though. Does she make the wrong move, though? Well, that's what we have to decide. How Are we going to roll the dice to see if Penelope is beaten by a grizzly bear or if a grizzly bear loses to Penelope? I think so. All right, roll those dice. Should we do best out of three rolls? Because it's a battle? Not no, just a I up, think... Just one up? Does she win? I think or does we she give lose? the grizzly bear an advantage. Or not, uh, we give Penelope an advantage. Okay. Uh, for speed. Okay. I'm going to say one through 13. All right. Uh, Penelope wins. Okay. 14 through 20, the grizzly bear wins. This is insane. All right. Does that work for you? It works for me. Yeah, I'm here. It's a five. Penelope wins. Penelope slices the grizzly she bear's doesn't, throat. She doesn't fault on her attack. She goes she in for the kill. She doesn't get caught. Nope. She makes them move, and it's done. All right. Worked out fair, I feel, because she could have easily lost. Uh-huh. It's just the speed. Speed is the only reason she persevered. Next up, maybe an interesting matchup, or maybe the most lopsided matchup. This is the we're gonna find out final battle in the first round for the weird division. Yeah, we have the Minnesota Iceman. All right, versus Snegorochka. Okay, and Snegorochka is often referred to as like the Ice Maiden in some stories and even plays in Russia. She is. Um, Denmarosa's granddaughter. Um, she was perhaps a 
girl who was brought to life for a couple who could not have children. Um, and if she falls in love, she melts. Otherwise, she's like an ice princess with perhaps, you know, icy powers. Maybe not as strong as her grandfather, but potentially ice powers. Okay. She and likes people during New Year's and all that cool stuff. And then we have a man who is just frozen. In ice. In ice. And was presented as a carnival attraction and freak shows and whatnot. So we can introduce some dynamics in this situation. Well, let's find out where this is happening first. One, one dynamic we need to know, correct. Where is it happening? Bodhi. And Bodhi is in the uh, desert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ghost town of Bodhi. Uh, so no one's around, and these people... Um, these people, this corpse and this ice princess. Um, not impossible to use ice powers here, but not working in their favor. Yeah, the uh, Minnesota Iceman might be thawing quicker than most people. Correct. Or Snegorotchka may like. Absolutely. Or maybe she li- does like it. She likes the warmth. She likes him. She likes him thawing, maybe, because she's like, fuck this guy. Like what? She wants to. What? What did you say? Like, like, well, she's like, trying to kill him. Right. He's already, she's thawing. Yeah, he's already dead. Well, yeah. So, uh, she, she sees him thawing as a win, possibly. Okay. But then she notices his luscious locks. Oh, no. <laughs> she's not going to fall in love with a corpse, is she? Because hmm. if she's in love, the warmth of her heart would melt her. Huh. And then they would both melt in the desert and be taken out and no longer continue forward in the bracket, which fucks up a lot of things. <laughs> um, I'm looking up the powers of snow dolls to see what else we got here. Because um, fire also. Well, yeah, well, she. The Minnesota she, Iceman has the power of love. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, again, do you remember the exact origin? Like, what was the story? This man went into the woods, killed a Bigfoot, right? Allegedly, that's Allegedly. who was frozen. That's, yeah. that's what this creature is, like a missing link type thing. Yep. So it's not, she's not really human either, but she is more human than perhaps the Sasquatch is my point. Not that you cannot fall in love with a Sasquatch. I'm not saying that. I'm just introducing it into the conversation <laughs> uh-huh. as far as how warm her heart gets. Obviously, she's probably never seen anything like this before, so she'd be like, this guy's interesting. Very and then, interesting. And then, like, for some reason, you know, he's somebody... He looks cool. Well, somebody was on a tour of Bodhi by himself looking for stuff. His name's Steve. And he's like, what is going... He's like, he's not even human! What are you doing? And she's like, maybe I don't care that he's not human. And Steve's like, but, like, what are we doing here? And are there any drugs? And then Steve walks away. But now she's thinking about, like, oh, he's not a human, but does that matter to me? Yeah. But then Steve's like, he's dead, though. Even if he's not a human, he's dead. <laughs> he's not alive. Well, I'm maybe not alive, though, either. Yeah, I was a snow doll brought to life by, like, love and shit or whatever. Yeah. Love and shit or whatever. That's how I came <laughs> to life. 
but she does yearn for companionship, quote, of mortal humans. But like, but then the stink starts to hit her. Oof. As he thaws. Oh, and then her heart starts to turn cold again. Yeah. It's like, oh, maybe this was an ill-fated fantasy. Yeah. Maybe I was imagining a scenario where someone resurrected him and we lived a happy life, but now he's just a rotted corpse in the desert in this ghost town, and I am a nice princess yeah. who is very far away from the motherland. So maybe I just leave his corpse to rot in the desert and I carry on with my business. Yeah. Wherever it leads me. Maybe next time. Next time I find a corpse, maybe we can fall in love. Yeah, next time I find a frozen Sasquatch corpse in the desert, we can fall in love. But not today. Not today. So, Snegorachka moves moves forward, but it was close. She almost fell in love. Duh. And then, that is the end of the first round of the Weird Division. That is... That's the weird division. Yeah. Yep. So next week we'll dabble through the battles involved in the first round of the fear division. Yep. All right, guys, the battle continues. Uh, stay tuned. Follow us on the social media the Patreon. Uh, weird feared behind the veil where we continue talking perhaps about this bracket or, you know, there's a lot of battles going on, so we'll see what follows, but support us wherever you can. And, uh, yeah, the battle continues, Mm -hmm. and stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. (laughs) 